Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> A call for an interview in the middle of class, and I left the class to take the interview. <laughs> That's awesome. And she's like, do you have some time now? I was like, yep. So I snuck out and actually took the interview mid-class, and then snuck back, and my teacher's like, where'd you go? I was like, and it was a sports class. And I was like, oh, I just got interviewed for an internship in West Virginia. They're like, oh, that's cool. Never mind. What's up, Dad Hat Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys Zach Curtin. Who is Zach? He is the Director of Ticket Operations and Digital Marketing for the Charleston Dirty Birds. That's right, the one and only guys. If you guys see any other funny stuff on social media, that's him. That's pretty, yep, no, seriously, that's him. Uh, we talked about his time uh, where he interviewed during class for a job. That's right, he did that. He uh, also uh, had a job for about six months or so in the Italian Football League. That's right, guys, American football in Italy. We talked about that. And then obviously, you know, we talked about how he is uh, doing with the, with the Dirty Birds and some of the things that they are working throughout the season and uh, some of the um, the events uh, they're putting together. So, guys, without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Data Chronicles. My name is Ed. And with me today, I have one of the coolest dudes out here on social media. He handles one of the most fun social media accounts for the Charleston Dirty Birds, Zach Curtin. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great. How are you doing today? I am well. You know, it's a beautiful day. Um, so tell me, man, let's let's start with you, man. Take me back. How did you become a fan of this wonderful sport that we call baseball? Well, I grew up about an hour outside of uh, Cincinnati. Uh, so my history is with the Reds, uh, okay. unfortunately. Um, and I grew up watching pretty much every single game. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a fun sport to watch. It was like always on, it's always on every day, um, for like 160 straight days, basically. Uh, so it was kind of hard not to watch it and love it. Um, you know, a lot of fun, almost playoff runs, which really got me excited about the sport as a whole, you know, three straight years where we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but I also grew up, uh, in Dayton, Ohio. So, which is the hour outside. And, uh, so grew, grew up going to dragons games as well. Yeah. Uh, that's really where it actually started was like, that's the more fun, you know, engaging side. So we went to a bunch of games for the first like six, seven years, the, the dragons were around and really just, you know, fell in love with the game. I love it. I, you know what? I grew up in Puerto Rico. And then when I moved here, it moved to Ohio, right? grew up a Cleveland fan and that's how it went, man. It's just once you're in, once you become a fan of a team, it's just for better or for worse, which a lot for me, you know, except for 2016 and you know, that it was a lot of bad, a lot of bad, you know, 
So I get it. I get it. Um, so tell me, you know, like you decided that, you know, this was going to be your career path. How did you, you know, like decide one day, it's like, you know what? I like baseball. I'm going to work in baseball. And then this is all, this is what I'm going to do. So originally it was just sports, sports as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. I took a sports management class in high school. Um, and cause my mom made me do it. She's like, I think you'll like this. I was like, nah, it doesn't sound like that much fun. And the teacher pulled me aside after about six weeks. And he said, just a heads up, Zach, I noticed you have a full notebook. Everyone else has one page of notes. Uh, you seem to be very interested in what's going on here. Maybe you should consider pursuing this. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will. Um, and then I went to school for sports management, did a bunch of internships. I actually didn't get into baseball until after college. Cause I worked for an NFL team for a little bit. Then I worked for a team out in Italy, also football. And then I tried my hand at tennis. And then I realized baseball sounded like the best move. Uh, Cause I kind of wanted to just get a lot of in-game experience and in my mm-hmm. head, minor league baseball, you know, 70 games a year, I'm going to get way more experience than football or any other sport. So I'm going to go for baseball, get a lot of in-game experience. And then now I just can't see myself not working in baseball. <laughs> So, so let's turn it back. Hold on a second. You work for an NFL team. Was it the Reds? I mean, the uh, Bengals, I mean? No, I actually worked for the Eagles. Uh, it was my first internship when I was 19. I went to school in Philly. Gotcha. Um, okay, so that makes sense. We had a program where uh, with like an internship program, and I tr- kind of just fired away at the Eagles, not expecting to hear anything. Uh, ended up getting the job and loved it there. I wish I would have taken it more seriously as a 19-year-old. Like I wasn't that you know, much of a hard worker at 19. I feel like I could have gotten a lot more out of it, you know, two, three years later in my college career, but right. it wouldn't be where I was without that one. So I love that. Uh, you know, um, it's funny you say that. Cause like I, uh, I worked for the Cleveland Indians back in the day. It was short. And I, I'm like, you, I wish I was young, but I wish I would have taken it a lot more serious. I probably would have been a lot further up in the chain. Um, then cause it, I ended up quitting because I thought I was like, Oh, I'm going to go work for a clothing company. It's a lot more fun and make more money. And Man, what an idiot I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so wait a second. Also, I want to I want to I want to get back to also something that you said. You work for a football team in Italy? Yep, the IFL, the Italian Football League. It's American football over there. Um, a lot of Italian guys and a couple Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not I'm not going to insult the quality of football. Um, no, it's okay. We get it. Most of the guys grew up there not using their arms in sports is mostly a leg based sport. Yeah. So, uh, but they found a group of kids that played flag football and they turned them into a professional team. And then, uh, we, I think our team had the only Italian actual quarterback and he was actually better than a lot of the American guys they were bringing in. Um, but it was a really cool experience. I got to live over there for six months and do some marketing and sponsorship stuff for a Italian football team. And really just, that was really just to uh, get to live in Italy for six months and then also work in sports. It was just a great combo. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a great combination. Are you kidding me? Sports, you know, you, you obviously, you know, American football, and then you get to live in a, in a beautiful country like Italy. That's amazing. And it was mostly remote too. So if we didn't have games, I could kind of just travel if I wanted to. And it's like, as long as I was, you know, working on my laptop nine to five, they didn't really care what I was doing during the week. So every weekend, if we weren't in town, I just, you know, hop on those $20 flights over in Europe and check out another area. So it was a really cool experience all around. I don't know where my savings went uh, from my high school jobs, but <laughs> I wonder where, I wonder where it went. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm very jealous of that. That's actually pretty cool. You got to experience other cultures in another country and, you know, and work for a football team, which is, you know, 
pretty damn cool. Now, did they are they still around that league? Yep, the IFL is still around. I don't know. I don't follow it as closely as I did, um, but it was the Parma Panthers. Um, there's actually gotcha. a book um, called Playing for Pizza um, about the team I work for. It's pretty cool. Um, nice. Really quick read. Uh, it's just about like, it's kind of like what minor league players go through in America. A lot of the guys that don't really make the cut in the co- after college or in the draft will go over there, play for a couple of years, hoping to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of similar experience. They put you up in housing, and but instead they're doing it in Italy instead of uh, random cities across America. Ugh. So you said it was called uh, Playing for Pizza? Yep. All right. I got to take a look at it. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, so what did you do after that? As soon as you're like, okay, I'm done in Italy. What are, you know? What's my next step? What did you do? So I got another. I was kind of experimenting with different departments, trying to figure out what specifically in sports i wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, sponsorship sales wasn't for me um most of my first two were sales ish related or service related uh and the third one i tried out was uh work for a world team tennis team uh called the philadelphia freedoms so you know mm-hmm. the tennis courts that have the colorful courts with uh you know mixed doubles and all that mm-hmm. uh gave my hand at that and i was the box office intern there and about three weeks before the season the box office manager decided he didn't want to do it uh, so I became the box office manager and, uh, that kind of set me up perfectly for, you know, a post-college job as a box office intern for like a higher level sport than that. Not insulting that sport, but just, you know, more than six games a year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it does for six games only, that's kind of hard, you know, for you to, uh, you know, create some kind of like, you know, movement into your career, uh, yeah. where like in, in minor league baseball, it's a little bit different, right? You, like you said, 70 games and you know, you've got a lot of work to do on those days. Oh yeah. It's way different experience, but it was still cool. Uh, I thought that was, you know, extreme high level ticketing stuff. And then really jumped once I got into baseball, I was like, okay, that was really easy. Like I was just new at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did you do uh, after that? Like, did you, that's when you decided to work in baseball. Did you try, uh, you know, working in, in uh, minor league baseball at that point? Yeah. So I finished school after that. Cause I was basically each one of those internships was followed with six months of school. Cause the way Drexel university is set up is you can do, you, they take three years and it's six months of internships, six months of school, six months of internships, six months of school. Try saying that. Three cool. times. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And then I had about, three or four months left after that and i uh, decided i was going to graduate early and so i just finished up and started applying kind of everywhere but minor league baseball around the time i was i finished up in march uh so around that time minor league baseball just seemed like the perfect place to slide in so i was like i just need to get my foot in the door in some sports organization i don't want to like take any gap time and you know end up you know the longer i wait the more i'm gonna probably struggle to get back in yeah right and, so I ended up finding a team called the West Virginia Power um, back in the day, 2017, and uh, got a call for an interview in the middle of class, and I left the class to t- take the interview. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and she's like, do you have some time now? I was like, yep. So I snuck out and actually took the interview mid-class and then snuck back, and my teacher was like, where'd you go? I was like, and it was a sports class. And I was like, oh, I just got interviewed for an internship in West Virginia. They're like, oh, that's cool. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was like, oh, okay. How'd it go? Did you get it? Are you sure? How'd, how, how'd it go? <laughs> but yeah, so it went good. And then I got offered the job here uh, to be a box office associate or assistant. I forget the exact term. Uh, and I started two days here after I finished school. Uh, so I packed up my uh, 
um, apartment, loaded it up, moved here, and then really got no break. Uh, and then mid-season, I drove back for graduation and like did an overnight trip, did walk, and then drove straight back here for our game the next day. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's insane. Okay. I mean, listen, good for you, man. I mean, that's the, that's some dedication to walking. And I highly recommend anybody that graduates from college is that you walk. A lot of people say, oh, look, oh, I don't want to walk. I don't need that. I'm like, no, trust me. You will regret the day that you didn't do it. So I highly recommend you walk for sure. Yeah. Both my parents didn't do it. And I knew it was like just as important to them to see it as it was for me to do it. So I was like, I'm going to take the time. I took one game off. I think that was the last game I took off since mm -hmm. I started uh, <laughs> and I just booked it over there, uh, and then came back to the game the next day. <laughs> That's amazing. So, and you've been, uh, in Charleston ever since you have, you'd like, you know what, this is where I'm going to be. This is, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So originally, especially coming from Philly, I kind of had preconceived notions of Charleston and West Virginia as a whole. Mm -hmm. And in my head, six months, get in, get out, go find something somewhere else, just get experience. And I ended up loving it a lot more than I expected to love it. And about four months into my internship, they offered me the full-time role as box office manager. Because uh, at that time, that person was stepping up to do other things in the organization. And they're like, gaps opening up right for you if you want to take it. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I took that one. And then each year, I kind of get a little bit more responsibility. And I end up just you know making a home here. So I thought it was going to be a six-month gig. But now I'm like six or seven years in. And I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> seven years in, you're like, well, I guess I'm staying. This, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, I got a girlfriend here. I got a house here that I'm renting, but still have a house here. I got pets here that love Charleston. So, you know, got a life here now. That's good. That's awesome. Man. Listen, and as long as you're doing what you love, you're not working a day in your life, my friend. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. So so let let me let me ask you, let's go a little bit into your. Uh, well, not yours, but the, the team's deciding that, you know what, uh, we're going to go ahead and you know, switch gears. We're going to do a new identity, you know, new look, everything. Um, obviously that, that came along with, you know, the, the news that, you, you know, they were no longer going to be an affiliated ball club. Um, how all of that just, you know, happened within you guys, with you guys, you know, doing that whole time. So I know a couple months in the talk started happening <laughs> uh, and the West Virginia power name is just not a great baseball name, in my opinion. Some people love it. We did a poll. 90% uh, of people said we should change our name. Uh, so, you know, when that, when the results are that prominent, like that, yeah. you know, like maybe this isn't the name we need to go with. Um, and so we kind of just, I think that was mostly Chuck just working on, you know, brainstorming. And I think he popped up with D Dirty Birds and he was ready to go with that. And once we all heard it, um, when we heard it, we all loved it. Um, he kept that very close to his chest for a very long time. Um, and then kind of let people know who needed to know as we got closer, because he didn't want to get him leaked out. And it did a couple of different ways, but, um, you know, it happened. And I think honestly, it helped soften the blow a little bit. Cause I'm sure you've seen with almost every year brand, um, there's a lot of pushback at first. Um, a lot of people have, you know, the name they want it to be, or that, you know, in our case, a lot of people wanted the Charlie's name. Mm -hmm. Um, as the throwback name and we'll always be the Charlies. I think we play as them every Thursday night as throwback Thursdays uh, to keep the spirit of the Charlies alive. Um, but and I think everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but it, the pushback was, I think softened a little bit because everyone kind of heard the name beforehand. They're like, Oh, uh, they can get out 
you know, get out their feelings before the actual official night. Right. And that's good. You know what, though? I, I'm a fan of it. I, you know, at first I was like, okay, I, I, all right, let me see, you know, right. I'm like, okay, let me give it a chance. Let me see it. You know, let me, you know, let me take it all in, sit back and see how it is. And you know what? I honestly, I, when I saw the logo too, that's what really sold me. Right. Because, okay, you get a name and then you let people just, you know, marinate on that. And then you release the logo and then you're like, ah, got it. Yeah, I was a big fan. I was a big fan when I first heard it, but I think I was just so ready for us not to be the power after I heard all the rebrand talks that um, I loved it. And I think it's really grown on people. I think, I mean, there's still some people who, you know, prefer the Charlie's name. And like I said, that's, you know, you are entitled to that opinion. Um, but I think from what I'm hearing in the crowd and, you know, just seeing the crowd covered in Dirty Birds merchandise every game, it's it's definitely catching on here. And I think people are really starting to take hold. And even if people don't like it, the one thing I really do enjoy is it kind of signified a new era for us mm-hmm. as a whole. Because uh, the team wasn't doing that well in the past few years before the before COVID. I mean, we were doing all right. Um, but since we changed our name and especially this year, attendance has been just very solid. The overall vibe has been very solid. And I think that just the rebrand has helped just establish this is no longer that era of Charleston baseball, which I think is, was good for us. You know, I, and I, I, and this is the same thing that I keep hearing from other, other uh, teams is that, okay, we lost our affiliation, but you guys gained so much more freedom and, and a, you were able to establish a whole new identity that allowed you guys to be even more successful uh, post-affiliation. Oh, yeah. I was super nervous when I heard about the affiliation loss. Uh, and it didn't help that all that was going on during COVID as well. So not only were we dealing with, are we going to have a season, but like, are we ever going to have baseball again was also the question. And uh, it was super nerve wracking. I mean, we in our office knew there's going to be baseball here of some sort mm-hmm. uh, we're going to find something baseball wise to play here if if it's not affiliated ball i mean we're not going away um we didn't really know what it was going to be until andy bought in and ended up uh we joined joined the atlantic league yep uh, but i think that's been the best case scenario honestly for us like people have really taken to um the atlantic league as a whole but also there's a lot of pride in charleston and i think just the concept that the guys are choosing to come here and not getting dropped off here is just so big. Um, and that's one of the big selling points that I use for the Atlantic league is that it's not guys that are just getting dropped off here and maybe like, Oh, I don't like Charleston. It's guys that are like, I have, you know, hypothetically 40 teams to choose from because there's four partner leagues and a bunch of other leagues. They're choosing to come to Charleston, live in Charleston, spend their summer here. So I think that's just so big. Um, and I think that aspect specifically has really resonated with people here. Uh, yeah. And, and again, you know, that's something that I keep hearing, right? Okay. All right, fine. We lost our affiliation. You know what is, is, is you know, sink or swim and we're going to choose to swim and we're going to do something different. We're going to, you know, rebrand and, you know, look at the Appalachian league, right. You know how successful they are, right. The pioneer league, they, they're like, you know what, we're going to survive as well. So, and then you have your team, the legends, you know, right. Like there's a lot of teams that decided that, they're going to take, you know, their future into their own hands and they're going to make the best of it. And uh, you know what? I couldn't be happier and, you know, to see that, you know, that the fan base really grow and support you guys throughout through all of that. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's been really cool. Um, like I said, I was really nervous. I wasn't sure how people were going to take it. Um, but I mean, 
I think once we started rolling out the initial announcements too, it just um, like of who you're we signing, like mm-hmm. former guys is who we were leading off with signing last year. Everyone's like, Oh, there's gonna be some real talent here. And honestly jumping from, you know, low a to, you know, six former major leaguers on your team, there's just a real big jump in quality of baseball too. So the actual baseball fans, uh, not just the fun, you know, night out fans are also having something to enjoy here because they're getting a higher quality of baseball. Um, so I think that is a double win for us. No, I agree. I think that's awesome. Let's touch a little bit on something that I think it's very important. You know, when I, I interact with a lot of other teams is the fact that you guys took it upon yourselves to really be very interactive on social media. Right. I mean, I think that is something that is extremely huge. Right. Like, you know, you guys are very uh, interactive and I'm sure that was that was done by design. Yeah. So that's pretty much all me. I do the Twitter and Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. We actually also run the Instagram. Uh, I don't I'm not even going to pretend to know anything about Instagram. Uh, I have my two areas that I like. So <laughs> and she's wonderful. She's killing it on Instagram. And we kind of tag team TikTok as well. Uh, we're just now starting to get our feet wet in TikTok uh, now that we've kind of hit a gliding point. But yeah, I think being interactive is just super important. Um, and it's one of the things I wasn't doing when I first took over social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, found that like it just comes across as so corporate when you're not interactive with people. Like I really like it to feel like you're talking to someone like and or the organization. Uh, and that's one of the things I think that I really try to take pride in is like I'll respond to almost everything I see or interact with everyone. Um, and I think that, you know, drives engagement as well. You know, people want to, uh, t- tweet at us cause we'll talk back. And I do like talking to everyone that tweets at us. Like, honestly, I have a lot of fun with all of my Twitter friends, uh, through the dirty birds. Yeah. And there's a whole fan section, the bird cage, who I want to give a shout out to. Um, they're kind of relatively new to our ballpark and, um, they're super big on Twitter and super fun at the ballpark. And, uh, they said a lot of that came from, you know, partially just having a great time here, but they said like we engage with them and I went and hung out with them for a whole game one. And they're just an awesome group of people. And I think that the engagement thing is just such a big factor. Interesting. So they call themselves the, the bird cage. Yeah. So we actually have three super fan sections in our ballpark, which is wild to me that we have three different sections. Uh, so we've got the rowdies who sit on the third base side. They kind of take care of harassing the visiting dugout. I hear somebody sits there as well. Uh, what is it that is that where uh, the toast man sits so the toast section is the whole the second section that's oh behind. okay he's uh got an outlet in his seat he sits in uh like right behind home plate just right off the side uh he got a seat where he says that he can burn toast to where the smoke pours into the visiting team's dugout uh and just bother and then the bird cage on the first base side so we kind of got all three sides of the ball- ballpark covered as far as super fan sections which is just Super fun, because no matter where you're sitting, there's some very passionate fans hanging out. That's amazing. So you got the Rowdies, where it's like right behind the the visitors. Then you got the Toastman right by home plate. And then you got the Birdcage, where it's like where the supporters of the home team. Yeah, it's like it's a full ballpark experience, you know, and the Toastman is just a whole experience in and of itself. Um, He is just the most unique person, I think, on all of baseball fandom. Uh, he spends hours upon hours researching the other team and uh, dives into some pretty crazy heckling uh, throughout the game. And I've seen him rattle some pitchers. It's really funny. 
yeah i mean i, I think i heard um i think he was on the indie ball podcast um and i heard his interview with him and you know he is like well, obviously he does it you know in, in a in a respectful manner but he also he's making sure that you know obviously he's gonna heckle you and you know a, a super nice guy from what i see and but he really does you know go deep and you know you know little league games and high school games and all this other stuff oh yeah i heard him call out some guy for blowing the high school state championship and i was like oh my gosh this guy's like 34 <laughs> like that took so much research to find this information on this guy but he because he also works with us upstairs mm-hmm. uh, he's a nine to five employee and then five o'clock rolls around he's off the clock so he can do his other thing and enjoy the game and he just the research he does is awesome and then also like people either want to sit right next to him or as far away as possible um partially because you are getting toast thrown at you all game because uh every time he strikes someone out he tosses toast into the crowd Uh, (laughs) and it's really a whole experience (laughs) that's awesome he's just throwing the toast at people that's great yeah they uh Every strikeout, the whole crowd chants, you are toast, you are toast, you are toast. And then he just starts throwing toast at the whole crowd. Probably goes through a whole loaf, maybe two on a really good pitching day. That's awesome. Good for him and good for you guys, right? Again, you guys have to figure out different ways in, uh, to interact with fans, uh, social media, and the, and the ballpark in order to you know grow your brand, which is, you know, obviously is growing. Oh, yeah. And he's been doing that for, I think this is 26 years now. I don't know how he's been doing that for 26 years, but he has been going since the old ballpark. And just he was the, actually the assistant to the mayor um, when this ballpark was built. And I think that's how the outlet got put in his seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that is great. I love that. That could not be happy for that at all. I, that's amazing. Um, so uh, what, um, what's, tell me something that some of the crazy things that you guys do during at the ballpark, right. That, that helps you guys set yourself apart, uh, from other teams. Yeah. So we, um, just rolled out a new promotion that we don't think anyone else has done. Um, that's been absolutely, everyone's loving it. Uh, it's called the helium inning. And so our PA announcer just, starts inhaling helium to announce all the home batters for a whole half inning. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So it just sounds like this, the whole half inning. And he just, (laughs) when we told him about it, he thought he had to do it for a whole game and he freaked out and we're just like, no, 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 just just one half inning, you know, could be three batters, could be 10. Um, But it's the whole crowd's cracking up the whole time. He's that's going on. Uh, So that's one of my newest favorite promotions, but also we have a, our promotions managers just always researching. I mean, obviously watching the big teams, seeing what they do. Like, you know, I think every team in minor league baseball would be lying if they said they didn't watch the Savannah Bananas and uh, draw some inspiration there. Right. Um, they, listen, I don't care. You know, baseball is one of those te- one of those uh, sports that you got to, you know, just take from other players and take from, you know, other teams in order to, you know, and, and make it yourself, make it your own, right? You don't, you don't want to make, do the same thing, but it is what it is. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's some of the best promotions come from other teams. Uh, I mean, when I first started, one of my big tasks was to watch every episode of Minute to Win It in my head and just see if I could find anything fun. But it's kind of evolved from that to, you know, just seeing what we can come up with creatively here and kind of like, you know, there's a lot of sponsorship activations. So seeing if we can come up with something fun 
that still ties in sponsorship, but also like doesn't make it so sponsory. Cause mm-hmm. I think that big downs, I think that's one of the things that kind of kills a crowd uh, at the end of the day is just, you know, commercial after commercial after commercial, instead of just like fun gauging thing. Uh, Cause that's what I think one of our issues was, is we got a new video board five, six years ago and everyone wanted to run a commercial um, cause it's, you know, the brand new shiny video board. But I think the downside is when you start running, you know, five, six commercials in a game, everyone stops looking at the video board, yep. uh, lose the crowd as a whole. But, um, you know, our PRMC does a great job of keeping the crowd engaged the whole time. Even if it's to introduce the video board game, she's out on the field, like introducing it. She wants everyone to be very, like, she wants to be very engaging as well. I think that's, just, you know, been the trend of this whole year is just be engaging with everything we do. I, and like I said, from everything I've seen, you guys are killing the game out there. So that's amazing, man. I'm I'm happy for you guys, obviously. And I'm happy that you guys were one of the very, you know, one of the teams where, um, and obviously, you know what I collect, you know, as dad hats. And then, you know, when I said, hey, you know, when are you guys going to get your dad hats? You guys were very forward. Say, hey, we got you. We're, you know, we're, they're coming. And I, let me let me tell you. I ran upstairs. I told my wife I was like, you know, through the roof, you know, screaming like a little girl because I was like, this is amazing. You know, somebody's actually listening that they're creating these dad hats. And it's I was super, super, super happy about that. And we hope you like them. I'm actually wearing one of them right now, inspired by this uh, interview itself. I had to throw one on. Yes, sir. On dad hat just for this. (laughs) Yes. I, I love that color, by the way. That is one of the, you know, that color that it, it pops with the bird on it, man. The yellow is kind of like a yellow orange one, which yeah. I love. I love that that one. Then you got the the headlamp one with like, which is smart, right? Because like it's like a, it's meant to look like a helmet. And then you know, you I mean like like I said, the whole rebranding it's has been you know a huge success in my opinion. You know, among Twitter followers that uh, that I've spoken to. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of all the logos and I like how like it de- deconstructs itself as it goes. So like you got the full logo, then you got the bird and then you got his head and then you got the headlamp. So it kind of just like shrinks in itself. And it's so interesting because what logo I thought was going to be my favorite didn't end up being my favorite. Um, I thought for sure the subtle headlamp with the C in it was going to be mm-hmm. my favorite. I was like, that's going to be my go to. And then I've kind of switched to the bird head recently, uh, as you can tell by me literally wearing both bird <laughs> On your polo and your hat. Absolutely. Yeah, that was actually I got to say, that's my favorite because I have that one, the head, the the black one with the bird head on it. That's been you know, that's I love that one. So but I got to get this one because that love that color, my friend. That is cool. Um, So. So uh, before I go into uh, my famous, not so famous questions, um, I got to ask you, man, I'm going to try to make it up there. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, this year or next year, but I'm definitely going to try it up there. I want to throw out a first pitch, man. I got you. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Cool. <laughs> I, I care. If you make it up here, I'll make it happen. Yes. Let's do this. I love it. I love it. All right, my friend. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you the easy one that you should already know by now. Going to the ballpark as a fan, what's your drink and food of choice? Uh, peanuts as food. I turned that into a dinner at any ballpark. <laughs> Anytime. And uh, I'm got to go with seltzers on this one. Uh, um, big seltzer guy. Uh, I just never liked beer. Uh, I try and try and try. Um, but any ballpark that's got a seltzer, which is pretty much anywhere you go now, um, 
it's seltzer and peanuts. It's a really weird, not so classic. Well, half classic, half not so classic meal. I was just going to say peanuts is classic. I love eating peanuts at the ballpark, right? You, it's like that activity. You're just eating the peanuts, but it has to be the full peanuts, right? Because you got to break the shell and everything. Oh, it's an experience. Then, yeah, it's not just like the like you can't just take that. You got to take the shells, you know, uh, as much as I, you know, I have cleaned up the stadium before you throw them on the ground. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been guilty of that. I'm sorry. Oh, no. We, we got leaf blowers for that. So there it is. I love it. You guys got smart. It's like, I'm not swooping anymore. Leaf blowers. It is. I like it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yes. But see, here's the thing, too. Also, I'm not a fan of dark beers like IPAs or anything like heavy like that. I am not a fan at all. Like, whatever, you know, like give me a summer shandy or something light and you got me. But I'm with you. It's like it's either probably like a like a Pepsi or something along those lines that I'm going to be drinking at the ballpark. So I'm with you there. Yeah, Pepsi also. But, you know, I'll be at a Legends or Genomes game in about a week and a half and I will probably be eating literally just peanuts and seltzers. I mean, actually, they have frozen mar- they have frozen moonshine drinks there, so I might be drinking that. But Whoa, that is that sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds delicious. <laughs> and seltzers are everywhere now. Like there's different flavors. Yeah. So and you're the first person to actually say that. So congratulations. There's, that's all you, my friend. Uh, OK, here we go. Uh, if you were to have any superpower, what superpower would it be? Got to be able to fly. I just, you know, get tired of traffic. I get tired of uh, <laughs> I get tired of, you know, just getting around places. I think flying would just be so convenient. For real. That's seriously like, like I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. <laughs> um, okay. What was your first um, video game? First video game was got to be Pokemon Yellow. Wow. Okay. I haven't played. Oh, my God. I, I only played it once, but like it's been so long since I've actually played a Pokemon game. A long time. Yeah, I loved Pokemon for so long. And then suddenly once the Game Boy died, kind of fell off. Uh, it, for that was it. That was part like part of the experience was the Game Boy. I just tried looking at it on other systems. I was like, just doesn't look as interesting. Once I left, like, you know, the DS didn't look that interesting. I was like, it's got to be the old school Game Boy. For real, though. Like, I mean, I, had, I used to have the, the original one and then I had the Game Boy Color. I'm with you there. I miss, I, you know, people nowadays don't understand the Game Boy was it, man. That was before the cell phones. That was it. Had a little light on top that you could see the screen, which I'm not sure actually really helped that much, but <laughs> yeah, for real. Like you just click it on. They're like, no, it's not helping, dude, at all. Forget <laughs> it. And, and if you try to play the original one at night, oh, forget it. There was no way. Nothing. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's see here. Um, okay i'm gonna bring one in old school one because you know i haven't asked this one in a while but pineapple on pizza yay or nay 100 yay really yeah i just i was the biggest hater on it for so long and then i tried it <laughs> <laughs> you hated it before you even tried it you're like no forget it and now you're like i love this i took such a hard stance that i felt like i couldn't try it and then I realized I should, I secretly tried it one day, even though I was very publicly against it. And uh, it turns out I loved it. So I had to subtly shift into letting people know that I was okay. <laughs> very divisive issue. So you don't want to change sides so quickly, you know? I like it. Um, 
Uh, my friend Anna of um, <clears throat> the baseball bucket list. So he said that her uh, her wife tries uh, pineapple and jalapenos on it. So I got to try that. I haven't done it yet, but I that sounds like a, a something I would definitely try for sure. Oh, that, I'm definitely going to be trying that soon. Yep. So there you go. A little sweet, a little spicy. So boom, there it is. Um, okay. Uh, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I still don't know. Um, <laughs> Me either. I've had like four different career paths in my head, even from this job. Um, part of me wants to go to like big leagues. Part of me really enjoys the minor leagues. Part of me thinks maybe one day I'll try another sport when I get tired of working 70 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I hear you burn out eventually. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but a lot of people tell me it happens. Um, or just like work my way up to the top of a minor league organization. I kind of just, it kind of changes based on the day. Uh, I know it's somewhere in sports. Um, I can't see myself doing anything different. I just love the atmosphere, the environment and the experience. So, um, I don't know specifically what, uh, because I haven't really thought that far. Um, they just keep giving me more responsibilities here and better jobs. So, uh, you're not going anywhere, my friend. Yeah. Being my uh, next career plan is whatever the next job they offer me here is. (laughs) I think that's a good plan. I like it. You keep doing a good job. So, you know, they keep you around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see here. Um, what celebrity would you like to uh, switch places with? That's tough. Um, probably any player on like a major league team, just for well, any of the non scandalous players on an MLB team for a day, just because mm-hmm. I love experience what it's like to play. Um, I keep asking our manager, Billy Horn for a shot, but, um, he's still has not given me the one at bat. I'm hoping, uh, if we get a game that doesn't count for anything, I'll just show up in a uniform and see what he does. <laughs> I'm taking the shot, buddy. Uh, listen, it is what it is at this point. What are you going to do about it? I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you know what? I, I've always, you know, I, I wish I would have played at least one season or half a season in minor league baseball, right? The lowest level. Cause I suck. Uh, I think that would have been cool. You know, just take a swing. Right. I I'm like you, I would so strike out, you know, just like, I'd never see the ball. Well, I've never played baseball. Uh, they cut my program at my school uh, when I was in fourth grade. Uh, so I never actually got to play baseball. So I think my, uh, I haven't told him that stat yet, which might hurt my chances a little bit. Uh, but I did rake during the uh, employee softball game. So <laughs> there it is. Boom. But, you know, I think that translates. We'll just start either a professional softball team for, you know, all the guys like us or, you know, slow pitch or even what a professional wiffle ball league. There it is. I've been watching a ton of the wiffle ball and, uh, those those things on tiktok those are so fun to watch dude aren't they like uh, it's really underrated you know how like a lot of fun that is you know they they scrape the ball and then they try these crazy uh curveballs and knuckleballs and all this stuff is insane how they play man one more question are you ready yeah um <clears throat> let's see so what song would you play if you were at a party Gotta be anything by Miley Cyrus. Probably Wrecking Ball, just digitally. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's also a wrecking one. Just go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> Everyone would be into it, but it completely changes the vibe no matter what. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> wrecking ball i could just sweet see somebody if there was an actual wrecking ball just like you know grabbing it and just waiting around the place that's amazing gotta be a new promotion just came like a wrecking ball how you bring in your new pitch <laughs> there it is i love it i love it <laughs> uh, zach thank you so much for doing this man this is a lot of, of fun um where can people find you on social media uh me personally um my handles are ZKURDZ on Instagram and Twitter. I'm pretty, I'm not that active on Twitter because I spend about 90% of my time on the Dirty Birds Twitter. Mm -hmm. So follow Birds, uh, Dirty Birds CWV. Uh, that's really where you're going to see me most of the time. I just pop over to mine, just tweet pictures of my dog. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I got a chihuahua, man. I get it. Yeah, he pretty much runs my life. So, you know, he pretty much is the star of my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Zach, thank you so much again. I'll make sure to put the uh, Dirty Birds uh, Instagram um, and all the social medias on it, yours as well, so that way they can follow you and the team because you guys are awesome. And uh, keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah. Now, I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Zach. Now, make sure you guys are following him. I did put his Twitter there as well as the Charleston Dirty Birds and their TikTok. I still don't know what TikTok is. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, I am so dumb when it comes to those things. Anyways, I digress. Make sure you guys are following him. Also, make sure you guys are following the podcast. Give it five stars. Five stars means I go up on the rankings, go up on the rankings. More people get to listen to it. Too, okay. All right. And last but not least, here's my question for you guys a duck walks into a drugstore and buys a chapstick the clerk says will that be cash or charge and the duck says just put it on my bill all right all right i'll see myself out i'll see you guys later and as always keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna DiTomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series, and in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at, at @patlarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com, and we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. 
So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.